Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. This week we're discussing how wanting, needing to transition to our true selves can provide us with a seemingly infinite wellspring of incentive to accomplish things we never thought we could. We're talking trans motivation. I'm Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the lady whose gas keeps my motor running, Susan Bridges. I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> You're the fuel in my life. It just you makes me sound like I'm gassy. No, it said it said motor. <laughs> it didn't say biological gases. It, it implies things. We all know I'm the gassy one, and now everyone else knows too. Okay. Our returning guest is Jen Wallace, a 46-year-old systems trainer and medical tech consultant who likes to think herself an educator and road warrior. She is a wife, a mother of two wonderful boys, and a somewhat freshly minted trans woman and riot girl in training. In her copious spare time, she is the administrator of Tillyverse, a Discord server for trans folks and our allies. She may only be a figment of my imagination. Welcome, Jen. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me back. You're like the happiest, friendliest, most wonderful figment of my imagination. I just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, well, you know, it, it doesn't matter if I'm real as long as I feel real. That's right. Okay. Your mind makes it real. Ooh, to quote Ooh. that movie we all love. Okay. So you just recently completed Coming Out Almost Everywhere, and I'm not sure it's been that recent for any of the guests that we've had on before. And as it's all super fresh in your mind, I wanted to, to ask you, like, how it went and how did it compare to how you thought it was going to go? Oh, wow. Well, you know, it's been it's been really incredible, actually, because, you know, you, you go in and, and as I had said before, you ha you have no idea how people are going to react. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I live in a, you know, fairly conservative part of the country, you could say. But everybody has been fantastic, honestly. I really haven't had a bad experience and I keep I keep waiting for that right like when oh when's the other shoe gonna drop yeah and last week as 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 you may or may not know I came out at work which was kind of the kind of the final frontier right Fr friends friends you expect family you hope for yeah work work you kind of gotta have and it went good it went great both of my my bosses were super understanding and you know and basically told me that if I had problems with people, people had problems with me, it wasn't my problem, it was their problem. So you never know where your allies are going to come from, I guess. Yeah, that's amazing. That's the kind of thing you need to know that you will be safe in a job or, you know, a place like that, that those people will have your back and will deal with those issues if they arise, not leave you to fend for yourself. Yeah, so pretty, you know, pretty much at this point, the only thing left is a long-winded Facebook post. And I, I, I imagine by the time folks hear this, that probably will have happened. 
Excellent. I hope that goes well too. Although with Facebook, you can never be too sure, right? Some of the people there, a little. I, I somebody told me, you know what you should do is you should you should count your friends on there, like the literal number before and after, and see. Oh and yeah, see what, and see what happens. Just just for curiosity's sake. And it, you know, if that number goes down, those were people that weren't ever really your friends anyway, and you're better off. So. Oh, right. And it's, and it's Facebook, which is, you know, who cares, right? <laughs> so for you, what has been the most surprising thing about transition? Oh, well, I, you know, we, we kind of just gave away the lead. I think it's, it's been how people have, have reacted. I just, I've just been so, I've just been so shocked at the fact that I haven't, I haven't really lost anyone that mattered to me. Yeah. I, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't had to you know, move or, or lose my job or, or any of these horrible things that, that you hear about that people have to do sometimes. And just, it's been just such a wonderful blessing, honestly. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to minimize the folks who do lose friends or family or jobs or homes, you know, when they come out, because that definitely happens and it happens to a lot of us. But I think also that it's easy to think that it is worse out there than it is because it's really bad, you know, in a lot of ways. But it's important to remember, like, you know, all of these anti-trans laws that keep coming up and the Republicans keep campaigning on anti-trans rhetoric. And every time they do, they lose those elections. It is not a majority popular stance. To they're take. not that smart. Oh, they're oh not. yeah. They're, they're not. They're but, not doing yeah. this because they're winning. They're doing this because they're losing. Exactly right. And so you do have to take that seriously. It's a very real threat. And a lot of people, again, a lot of trans people do lose a lot when they come out. But I don't think the general public is as anti-trans as the Republicans very much want you to believe they are. And I, I too, was also surprised because when I came out, I didn't, you know, lose any friends or family either, really. And I was terrified of that, even though like all the people that I was friends with, I was friends with them because they were good, kind, honest, caring people who weren't, you know, bigots of any kind. And so I shouldn't have been surprised by that. And yet you never know, right? Because you never know how they're going to react. And it was such a, a heartwarming thing that they all just, you know, so readily and easily accepted me. A absolutely. That was my exact experience. And, and, and every single time, even people that you, you know intimately and you know they're going to be absolutely fine, you're still like, what if they aren't? Yeah. Yeah, I found a lot of it surprising. Well, the I guess one thing I found surprising was coming out over and over again. Yeah, it never stops. It and mm. it like becomes really tiresome. It does. And but also I I also had that negative view like where I was like what if they don't accept me? Should I just not talk about this? But then yeah. At some point I realized I have to give them the chance. Yeah. And I hate that. But <laughs> it's true. You do have to give people the chance to be good. And like, I work in tech. I've worked for huge companies. I look like a very harmless cis white woman who <laughs> looks like every other straight white woman. Well, not anymore. Not with your haircut. You have a very queer haircut. Well, I now love. I do. Yeah. But like, I've always been queer. So yes. that it's weird because just no one knew. Right. And now I'm married to a woman. It is quite obvious I'm queer yeah but my coming out forced you out yeah yeah so that was an interesting thing but also i will say what else is surprising is like 
being in LA and Hollywood and, you know, going to mixers and meeting people and executives and things and just being embraced by LGBT people yeah. in the community, like right. immediately just coming to us and finding out more about us and, and giving us a chance. Yeah. That also has surprised me. I remember in one of the mixers we went to and we were just kind of hanging out and then this little group of like three young trans and queer people found us and they're like, oh, are you Tilly and Susan? And they gave us the giant <laughs> hugs and they were so happy just to find other queer people there. That, yes. you know, Because then you know you're, you're, you know you're safe with those people. And now it's like I go to gatherings and things. I'm like, where are the queers? Where are the queers? <laughs> yes. Come to us, my baby queer. Come to us. Come here. Probably a little easier in LA than, than some other areas, I would imagine. <laughs> Maybe, but I will remind you Queer people are everywhere, even in the middle of the country. So, as you prove, <laughs> I can I can I can attest to this. Yes, yes. Okay, so if you had one piece of advice for somebody just starting their transition, what would it be? You know, I would say definitely the thing to do is to keep open communication with everybody who matters. You know, you need to have an ongoing conversation with your an ongoing honest conversation with your significant other, your family, your friends, whoever you can. You know, and I think you have to remember that there's going to be a lot of feelings from everybody, both good and bad, and yeah. that and they're and that they're all valid. I th I think that's important to remember. Yeah, and you know, you shouldn't feel like you have to talk to people about it before you're ready. You know, whenever you come out to somebody, it's a very personal thing that there's so many factors that go into it. But that's one thing that that works so well for us. I think is that you know, I. I told Susan the first time I was like, you know what? I think I might be trans and I'm going to try to figure this out. And I talked with you about it the whole way through, you know, and that really helped me. But it also wasn't I was just springing something on you where I was like, guess what? I'm trans and going to transition tomorrow, you know? Well, now we know that's really not possible. No, but I mean, <laughs> no, I couldn't be like, I'm going to start HRT tomorrow and change my wardrobe tomorrow. And, you know, I, even though we were in L.A., it was weird, right? You didn't just walk into any doctor. And get all the hormones. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you you'd think, but no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it it's we. My wife and I have actually had this weekly meeting ever since I I started my transition. Yeah, you know, with the exception of sometimes when I'm out of town and whatnot. Sure. It's it's, it's just a check in. It hasn't really been necessary in quite a while, actually. But definitely in the beginning, I think it was really important to say you know, how are you feeling about this process? Here's how I'm feeling. Is there, yeah. is there anything you're worried about? You know, and, and harking back to my ability to communicate with, with my wife question is that before we never would have actually had those conversations. We would have just shrugged it off or kept it aside or said, no, everything's fine. But, sure. I, but I think that's, that's the biggest piece of advice. If, if if you're married, if you're if you're dealing with your your family, you should never be forced to reveal anything you're not ready to. But I do think with the people that you have these intimate relationships with, that it's really important to just keep talking. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've always said that communication is like the most important part of any relationship. You have to be honest with the people that you are in relationships with, and talk about everything you know that comes up and don't hide things from each other and just be open and you know you love them and they love you and that's that's what you're supposed to do and that's how you build strong good relationships I think of any kind romantic or otherwise and it's funny how much better things go when you do that right yeah 
Okay, so trans motivation. Somewhat related to this is the Trans Tuesday on Trans Courage, which isn't something any of us should have to have just to be our true selves, but the bottom line is our society doesn't work that way. See episode 17 of this show. And also very, very much related is the Trans Tuesday on Body Hacking, though perhaps not in the way you think. That was episode 9 of this show. When I talked in the episode on body hacking about how exercise helped me get away from the dad bod that gave me dysphoria and how it was an early and quote-unquote socially acceptable way for me to begin transition before I could medically or socially transition, what I want you to understand is that prior to that, I'd tried for years and years and years to exercise regularly, and I'd always fail at keeping it up. And I know this happens to a whole lot of us trans and cis alike. It can be really tough to maintain. And I'd get busy and I'd feel like I just didn't have the time or I'd be tired from, I'm gesturing vaguely at the entire world here, and just not feel like I was up to it. And then what little shape I'd gotten back into, I would fall out of. So whenever I decided I needed to try to get back into it, I had to start all over again as I'd lost whatever small gains I'd achieved the last time I did it. It was a constant cycle of start, progress, stop, regress, rinse and repeat. But once I hit upon the idea of doing it to transition as a key part of my transition, I stuck with it in ways I never thought I could. I'm not saying I was perfect, none of us are, and honestly, perfection isn't something we should even strive for. Because if you're trying to be perfect, inevitably you won't be, and then you feel crushed, and guess what, that can lead to stopping and regression. It's much better to just strive for being good and to be kind with yourself. So some days, sure, I would sleep terribly and legit be too tired to exercise or I'd have a really bad headache and a higher heart rate made that worse and so I'd skip those days. But each time I did, I reminded myself, that's okay. You haven't given up. Progress won't be lost. You'll get back at it tomorrow. And that's exactly what I do. And on the days when I just really, really didn't want to exercise for whatever reason and it was hard to make myself do it, I reminded myself it wasn't a chore even if it felt like one because I was doing it for me. This is what I want to change my body in ways I need and over time it will get me closer to who I want to be, who I feel is really me. Then I'd sigh and get up and exercise and maybe I'd run slower that day but I was out there running. And now that I think about it, this motivation to transition to the real me spurred me in other ways. Again, in that Body Hacking Trans Tuesday, when I talked about my women's leggings and hoodie that became my cape and how terrified I was to buy them. All my life, I had this pull to walk through women's clothing sections in stores. Because even if I didn't have the words for it, I've always known I was trans, even if I couldn't recognize the signs when they were staring me right in the face. For more on that, see the Trans Tuesday on The Signs Were Always There, episode 6 of this show. And really, progression and regression is a lot of transition, too, like, yeah. in general. You're trying things and it doesn't work, or you go backwards, you got to switch. Or your yeah. body does something in response to something. You yeah. take a step back, and it's annoying, and all, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to regroup constantly, and that's, mm-hmm. been, that, and that's been the thing that I've had in my life such a hard time with before I started transition. Yeah, and transition is like that. It's a constant reassessing where you're at and what you need and if you need to change something. And if you do, what is it? And it, you're constantly doing that. It's it's never just the same forever. And it's slow. It is so slow. Which we've it, talked about many times. Yes. Slow. So slow. So very slow. I could never 
ever bring myself to walk through women's clothing sections alone, much less actually look through what was in there for my entire life, until I got to the point where I realized I needed to to get closer to finally being the real me. And I was still terrified, sure, but I did it anyway. There's that trans courage again. Because I got to the point where the pain of not doing it was worse than the fear that had kept me from doing it for so long. Okay, Jen, were women's clothing sections always terrifying to you too? Oh, absolutely. Mm. You know, even even until very recently, you know, I would go walk through and I would grab something and I would leave the entire section of the store and, and head to the men's section to see how it would look on me in the mirror or, or maybe even, God forbid, try it on. Yeah. But, but it's it's always been like that. Almost like, oh, I have to cross the, to the other side of the aisle because they might see me interested. Right. And heaven forbid, what would happen then? Oh, my God. And you know, nothing. But it's terrifying. <laughs> Not illegal. No. <laughs> but yet it feels that way. Society it, it makes does. you think it kind of is, right? Men don't belong here. Women don't belong there. Society is so incredibly gendered in every way. Right. Well, let me ask you this, Susan. Because I think it is not as bad for women going into the men's section. Were you, I mean, now, I know you're not trans, but were, you never felt like you didn't belong in there if you went looking for something, right? It didn't terrify you to go in the men's section? Well, no, mostly because it's so boring. You want to die. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. But, but I do love a grandpa cardigan, and sometimes I would try those on. Yes. But I think, I think that's part of the, you know, I think we've talked about many times on this show where a woman going into things that are for men is seen as good and admirable because men are a great thing to be. Right, because men are right. the pinnacle of society. Right. But for Love someone it. perceived as a man to be looking at feminine things, there's something wrong with There's you. something wrong with you. That's embarrassing. You should get out of there, you freako. Yeah. It's terrible. So I, I think that probably plays a part in it as well. Yes. I would, I would definitely agree with that. Well, I noticed a while back that this same thing happened for me with voice therapy. And you can see the entire three-part series of Trans Tuesdays on Trans Voices, episodes 45 to 47 of this show. As I mentioned in those, gender-affirming voice therapy was the most difficult thing I've had to do in my entire life. It is such a slow process, and it takes so much work. And for a lot of it, it also spiked my dysphoria to hear my own voice played back at me. And progression regression. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> See the Trans Tuesday on gender dysphoria at TillysTransTuesdays.com if you need more info. And every time I didn't feel like I had the energy for it because I was tired, or the time for it because my day was so busy, or the ability to deal with the dysphoria it caused, I reminded myself, I am doing this for me. I am doing this because I want to, because I want the changes this can bring if I put in the work and don't give up because I wanted to help me find my real, true voice as part of the transition to the real me I've always been inside. And that kept me going through it all, through two years of sessions with my speech-language pathologist and the year of solo practice after. It's kept me exercising regularly, four times a week on average, for going on nine years. And I finally figured out just how much this desire to transition to be the most me I can be motivated me when my HRT faltered. I talked a bit about the reason for this in the Trans Tuesday on Transition Setbacks, which was episode 28 of this podcast. There's those regressions. The gist of it is that the estrogen I took was in the form of pills, and they suddenly stopped working for me, which just happens sometimes, and it caused all sorts of hormonal imbalance, backsliding my medical transition, and made me feel like I was losing myself mentally. 
The correction for that was switching to injections to get more estrogen back into my system and hopefully have my body react to it the way it should, to get back to the positive changes I wanted and hopefully get even more of them. And it's definitely worked. I've never felt better about myself, my transition, or my body than I do now. They're working wonders for me and have even kickstarted breast growth again, which is very exciting. Thank you, Grow My Pretties. Yay. <laughs> You can see the Trans Tuesday on Anecdotal Trans Healthcare for how it took me a thousand days of medical transition to get to needing a B-cup bra, so the fact that they're growing again is an absolute delight. That was episode 20 of this show. As, some, as somebody who just started injections, this yeah. is a, a beautiful, beautiful story, and you should continue. <laughs> well, being on injections meant that I had to learn how to give myself shots so I could do it at home and administer it to myself. It's not cost or time feasible to go into a medical office to have them give me a shot every week. And that's just not a thing that they really do long term. My entire life, I was always in awe of everyone who had to administer medications to themselves via injection. I was sure that was never, ever, ever anything I'd be able to do because needles in me don't get along very well. But as part of switching to injections, I went to the doctor's office so they could instruct me on the proper way to do it. And the nurse sat me down and he explained the entire process, gave me tips, showed me exactly what to do. And then he handed me the syringe and without even a second's hesitation, I jabbed it into my thigh, depressed the plunger, and then it was done and over. He was entirely shocked and honestly so was I. He said he'd never seen anyone just immediately do it like that. I smiled under my mask naturally and without even thinking told him I have a singular motivation. And I do because I needed estrogen back in my system as much or stronger than it was before. Because the nightmare I'd gone through without it was unacceptable. It was slowly medically detransitioning me and I absolutely could not, would not ever go back to feeling that way again. It was so hard to deal with. So when the alternative was losing my sense of self, my identity, my body, my bodily autonomy, there was no way I was going to let that happen. I couldn't. It felt like someone saying, inject yourself with this now or else you'll die. So I just did it. And that's the moment I realized just how much I've done that I never ever thought I'd be able to because I needed to. See the Trans Tuesday on bodily autonomy for more on that and how my body never felt like it was actually mine until I began transition. So Jen, as you mentioned, you just recently switched to injections. And how has that been going for you? Have you found that you have a greater motivation for things too that you never really had before? I absolutely think that. And, and, and I honestly, of course, as I've been listening to you, I've been thinking about my own journey through weight loss and things like that this year as well. And, and how I would hit these setbacks and just, and be like, okay, well, I messed it up. So I'm, I'm giving up. But I think the difference now is, is that I have a, I have a vision of myself and who I need to be. And that yeah. just, I think that just makes such a big, a big difference. Giving the shots themselves, honestly, the needles have never really bothered me. So that's just kind of, yeah, whatever. It's like, Hey, get, get this, get this juice in my system ASAP. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little jealous. I still, <laughs> I still struggle with it. You know, I mean, I give myself my estrogen injections now, but I don't always do it perfect. Sometimes I still hesitate out of fear and I don't get the needle in as far as I should. And then some of the estrogen leaks out after. And I hate that and definitely feel it when I don't get the full dose. Sometimes I get stuck in my own head about it and it takes me 15 minutes to finally do it. But I do it. And honestly, I never thought I could even be at this point. Then I'm around for applause if necessary. 
Yeah, I had a really rough one just this past week, and you you built me back up afterwards and made me feel better. So thank you for that. Look what you did. You did it. Yay. Thank you for being here, Jen. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You know, I talk about motivation. I've never done any podcasts, and now I've done two. The world yeah. is now your oyster. That's right. Nothing can stop you. Nothing. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. And I did all of these things because I had to. No other choice. I had a singular motivation to be me and never go back. Never underestimate what you're capable of, friends. Find your right motivation and you can achieve wonders. Tilly Bridges, End Transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Jillian Morgan. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at TillyStrandsTuesdays.com. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at DaisyAndJane.BandCamp.com and SoundCloud.com slash DaisyAndJane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Blue Sky, Twitter, and Hive, on Mastodon at TillyBridges at Mastodon.Social, at facebook.com slash Tilly S Bridges and on Insta and threads at heck yeah Tilly Bridges. And you can find Susan on most of those at Susan L Bridges. You can find Jillian at Audio Jillian on Blue Sky. You can join the Tillyverse Discord server by following the link at the very bottom of TillysTransTuesdays.com. We hold regular watch parties for the Matrix films and other trans movies where I do a live Q&A and it's blossomed into a wonderfully supportive, compassionate, kind community of friends. We'd love to have you join us. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening. I shouldn't do this. This is copyrighted and it can't be put in the show. Got to make up your own theme. Oh, we have to make up our own? If you want to put it in the recording, because it's not that Jeopardy theme is copyrighted. Bonk, bonk, waiting noise. Do, bonk, do, bonk, do. Waiting noise. Do, do, do. I like bonk. Bonk, bonk.